This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Resources, LLC. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, it's your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It is just a different place. So you must go out and buy a whole new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would have never met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. This has been an interesting week in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Marie and Christina, who are 19 and 17, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. And our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical 15-year-old. We started the week with the girls walking to school. Now, this has three purposes. One is exercise. The second, as I've talked about in the past, it's important that they learn to look both ways. And the third is to help foster their independence. Eventually, I hope to have them walk to school and follow behind them. <laughs> so, so that's my ultimate goal. We'll see how that goes. Um, this week, we have an exciting show. We have the executive director of the Special Needs Ministry, the One Roof Initiative. And that's not what we're going to be talking about. If you're interested in that topic, uh, Sally De Palma was on on June 21st. We did a whole show all about her ministry. But this week, Sally is going to be wearing her hat as a pharmacist. She is actually a pharmacist in real life. And today we are going to discuss tips on working with your family pharmacist. So Sally's going to, well, Sally has so much information. She's going to come at you at 900 miles an hour. You're going to want to have a pen and paper. You're actually probably going to go back to my website and listen to this podcast several times. Oh, and while we're talking about website, don't forget to like us on Facebook at the special needs family hour.com. But when we get back in a moment, Sally is going to be moving full steam ahead. This is Julie Ames. You're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. 
I'm here with Sally DePalma. She is the executive director of the special needs ministry, the One Roof Initiative. She's also a pharmacist. Sally, could you tell the audience a little bit about your background? Sure, absolutely. And thanks for having me here today, Julie. I really appreciate it. Um, my husband, Rich, and I live here in Tampa with our two girls, Allison and Leah. Uh, Allison is 19 years old and attends the University of South Florida. And at this time, she's on the applied behavior analysis track. She would like to work with people with disabilities. And yes. our daughter, Leah, has an artistic bend to her, our 17-year-old. She's mm-hmm. funny, artistic, and um, she uh, lives with a diagnosis of, of, diagnosis of autism, Yes. Which has definitely impacted our life in in many ways, many blessings as as, many, as well as um, many challenges too that, that our special needs families can understand. Um, my husband and I are both pharmacists. We've graduated from the State University of New York at Buffalo, and uh, but at this time um, I've put down the mortar and pestle. And at this time now I'm executive director of um, the ministry, special needs ministry called the One Roof Initiative. Yes, and what's neat about Sally, like all of us, is when you're part of the special needs parent club, it's not one of those clubs that you decide on joining. And so many people have such varied backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And this is a show I've been wanting to do for a long time because I've had a lot of medical issues with my girls, Maria and Christina, and I deal a lot with the pharmacists. And I, I've had, I've had a lot of situations between different scripts prescriptions that were written, and medications, allergic reactions. So I thought it would be really helpful for the audience to hear from a real-life pharmacist, but not just a pharmacist, a pharmacist with a child who has special needs. So we want to discuss tips on working with the family pharmacist. Absolutely. And why don't we start here with a little bit more of a background. Tell them about your first day on the job when you moved to Florida. Yeah, that was an interesting day. Talk about a a watershed moment. Um, Our daughter, Leah, at the time was two years almost to the day flat, and we were just starting to realize that there were some developmental issues with her. And it was my first day working at a large retail pharmacy in the afternoon, but in the morning, um, I was to take her to a speech therapist where, you know... We were, I thought, in my mind, we were just going to learn how to say, you know, puzz and thuzz. And someone had mentioned autism to me once, but that's not, um, that wasn't on my radar. That's other people's diagnoses, not our family. Right. So we're going to go learn about puzz and thuzz. And um, there I am in my pharmacy clothing, which I'm about to go to work later. And I'm at the, on the, sitting on the floor at the speech therapist's office with Leah just full barrel crying, screaming. And I made a comment to the um, speech therapist. Um, and, you know, like almost like jokingly hoping she would be in on the joke, like oh, some people think she has autism. And the speech therapist said, I think she does. Am I? And I in that instant, my you know, our world changed, my world changed. And I just remembered there was nothing to do at that point. It was just too early. But I just remember, you know, taking Leah back to what was our apartment. We didn't have a home at the time, right. giving her to my mom, who was our caretaker for the day and just driving off for what was a 40 mile drive to the pharmacy I was training at. And I just I got there and I just remember I said, guys, where's your can I have a moment? Um, Where's your restroom? And it was in the pharmacy. And um, (laughs) that's not always the case. And I just excused myself and I went in the bathroom and I just cried. Mm. I didn't know what life was going to hold for us. And it was sort of unusual that here was that unusual combining of what, you know, my my profession that day. Just it was sort of a watershed moment when you think about it. And um, yeah, that, that was how that that those two aspects of my life fell on top of each other that day. Yes. Well, it's interesting because I was telling you that pharmacists are nice to me a lot of times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Actually, they're always pretty nice to me. And you were saying, well, sometimes you look at 
a person's profile. Tell them about that aspect. Whenever someone drives up to the window or shows up mm-hmm. at the pharmacist inside the store, what are you looking at? Well, it, it's interesting. You, you can when you pull up a patient's profile and you see what type of medications they're on, you can make some assessments on you know why they're taking the medication. What mm-hmm. and it was actually one profile I pulled up one day, and it was for like a, like a nine year old girl, mm-hmm. and this profile was full of psychiatric medications, sleeping medications. And my heart just sank because yes. here I, I've, I've already lived in the special needs world for a few years. Right. That profile didn't look a whole lot different than Leah's at times aspects right. of it. And I just felt for that family. I just, you know, and literally I'm a person of faith. I prayed over that profile as well. And, you know, when that that family came, you know, I, I don't always divulge. Sometimes I would divulge. I'm a fa- I'm a parent of a special needs child as well. But, right. you know, it, it gives me empathy for these people. It, you know, and it, it and I and I can just no matter what the profile is, I see someone on, you know, a, with chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, they're breathing, right. you know, and such profiles give a snapshot of what a person is living with. And as you start to mature, you begin to realize what these people could be living with at home. Right. Well, you realize with maturity, you realize the ramifications of different things. Right, absolutely. And, and the emotional side. Yeah, when there's you, many layers to that. You know, when you look at a profile, you realize it's just not flat type. Yes. There's a lot of life yes. behind that. And it just dawned on me why pharmacists are so patient. Ah, <laughs> you try to be. I know, but I think about my pharmacists. They're, they're really good, and, and they're working nonstop. My pharmacy, my local pharmacy is a 24-hour pharmacy and these people work nonstop. Yeah, you um, pharmacists typically work 12 to 14 hour days on mm-hmm. their feet with minimal breaks and um you're it's it's an exhausting job. I don't, you know, you don't realize any aspect of life until you start getting involved with it and I didn't realize until you really start working pharmacy, it's a physical job on your feet for 12 hours and you're mm-hmm. mentally engaged those full 12 hours. There's no downtime. There's phones ringing. There's people at the counters. You're looking at profiles. You're trying to fill medications, trying to ascertain with the other medications. Are there going to be interactions? You'll get a question on the phone. Will this interact? Because you have to be accurate. People's lives are on the line. Wow. And so it's a physically and mentally demanding job. You almost sound like a flight controller. Yeah, you know, it could be. You know, what you're talking about, you're right. You're, you're talking about lives. You're, you're taking, right. you got someone's lives in your hand. Yes. And you're, and it's, it is stressful. It is a, it is a, I love my, I've, I'm right now, I'm, I'm not on the counter as the, as the word is, but I love being a pharmacist. And, but that's just part of the game is, um, you know, being, that's part of what comes with it. But the reward from it is, is priceless to me. Yes. Well, what are some tips that we want to discuss different tips? Do you, where do you want to start? I mean, well, where do we start ah, in all this? Well, there's a, there's a few things I'm thinking about. And, you know, I was even asking um, my husband and his partner and such, what what are good tools for patients to know, whether it's yes. for themselves or their children or their parents? But, you know, a lot of times we're talking about, you know, things that are concerned for us as pharmacists um, are, are you being compliant with your medication? Because that's important for people to take their right. medications properly can mean a better better health and lifestyle for the patient, right. but maybe less risk of hospitalization. But I also want to give some tips that can also help decrease frustration at the pharmacy counter because sometimes you can't see what's going on behind the counter. Right. So, Or else some tips for you to know to be proactive to allay some of those frustrations. And we can also talk about what's a big thing when we talk about pharmacy and drugs, costs, right. you know. Oh, yes. And um, some simple things that... You know, tips that can really help um, patients is 
call your refills in a few days before your prescription is out. <laughs> I suggest calling in when you have those last five tablets. Yes. Give a call. And um, particularly if you have those 90-day supply ones, you know, those supplies, whether you've got a 30-day supply or a 90-day supply, that 30 or 90 tablets may not be on the shelf that day. Yes. Because inventories are being kept tight. Pharmacies are business, and they're right. trying to keep their numbers tight as well. Realize that that tablet may have to be ordered, and sometimes that can take a couple days. Yes. And so, um, and especially if you're on chronic medication, do make sure you are never out of that. Call that five days ahead. It gives that built-in leeway um, so that you are not without your medication. You might want to use a medication planner, the ones that you open up the flat plastic flip tops. Yes. You see a f- more of a physical way of counting down. Um, yes. that when you get down to those last five tablets, give a call to the pharmacy. Well, that's what I do with Maria and Christina. They each have a separate one for their daily medications, mm-hmm. and that helps a lot. It really is. Life, our lives are scrambled. Yes. And you know what? The more that you can have things to keep it c- concrete for for you, yes. um, that, that, could, that physical pill reminder is huge. Yes. And again, that's telling you ahead of time, be proactive because it is hard to put a fire out. If you need a medication that day, it might not be on the shelf. Or maybe, you know what, patients get caught a lot. Yes. I have no refills. Well, Maria, thank goodness I had her medication. She has asthma and she'll be having a really bad asthma. And all of a sudden, there's zero on her inhaler. I'm like, yes. oh my goodness. But hey. Today, I actually had the extra one there. That's awesome. And, <laughs> yes. and, and speaking about no refills, that's um, another um, thing you want to uh, aspect that you really want to stay on top of. Look at how many refills you have left on your prescription. If you have zero refills left, again, know that. Call your doctor about a yes. week ahead because it takes so much longer. When you show up at the pharmacy with that vial with zero refills, it can be up to three days. It is not uncommon for us to hear back from a doctor. Wow. So, again, you don't want to interrupt your therapy. Be proactive. Be engaged. Look at those labels. Look for those refills. Okay, awesome, Sally. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue discussing tips on dealing with your family pharmacist. This is Julie Ames on the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I am here with Sally DePama. She's the Executive Director of the Special Needs Ministry, the One Roof Initiative, and she is also a pharmacist. Today she is here as a pharmacist, and we're discussing tips on working with your family pharmacist. Mm-hmm. So what are some more tips that you have for our families? Yeah. Again, tips that I, what I'm keeping in mind is so your, your therapy is not interrupted. Maybe we could just decrease frustrations at the pharmacy counter and also those cost-saving tips as well. And another tip I have is a lot of times we... We're going to new pharmacies for different reasons. You may not have a relationship with. Your doctor is going to call in a prescription to the new pharmacy. Um, It's a really great idea. You yourself call ahead to that new pharmacy. Let them know who you are. Let them know that, you know, the doctor's calling in a certain type or whatever is calling in a medication for you. That pharmacy at that time will take basic information from you and elicit that, that information, it can make things go a lot faster at the counter when you pick it up. Yes. Well, I have my pharmacy information in my cell phone with the address and the fax number. My doctor, my pediatrician faxes 
my um, the kids prescriptions immediately to the pharmacist. Awesome. Which is nice. That's very nice. And actually, I'll, I'll bounce off of that thought, yes. Julie, for a second. Um, I love our doctors. I love doctors. But a lot of times you it's not uncommon for um, the the doctor's office to fax a prescription over or send it over electronically. Yes. And they'll say, hey, just so you know. We just sent it over. That should be ready when you pick when you go over there. Just go over. It should be ready. Um, that's not usually the case. Yes, I've had that happen yeah, many it's, times. It's, again, we're trying to allay frustrations here. Um, the volume at pharmacies can be incredible. Averages, um, you go from a, a, it could go anywhere from like 120 prescriptions a day up to your higher, highest volume stores. It could be 800 or more prescriptions a day. Wow. And so we're talking... You've got pharmacists and teams that are extremely busy, being pulled from all different directions, having to do this accurately, talking to patients. And, you know, if there's so just so you know, when you yourself are calling in a prescription right. or the doctor is calling in a prescription, um, you might want to call You might want to ask what the real time is to fill that prescription. Call ahead and say, my doctor just faxed over a prescription. Can you tell me what time that will be ready? Hey, if, it's, if things are great and falling into place, hey, we'll tell you 20 minutes, half an hour. Right. But it's it can it won't be unusual to say it's going to be at least an hour. So, again, just trying to allay frustrations due to um, expectancies there. Yes. Um, what the doctor says of prescription may be ready, may not always be what reality is. Right. Well, I've had the same pharmacist since I've moved to Florida. And I would get those coupons or those things if you switch over here. Mm. But for me, the criteria is I want a pharmacist that I can drive through mm-hmm. because there's so many times the kids are sick or I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going inside. So I need, oh, and I need a 24-hour pharmacist near me. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. And the other thing with the pharmacist is I wanted one that's all over the country. Yes. Smart. So if I'm in a pinch, I know that they have me in their database. Yeah, absolutely. And you were mentioning about coupons there. And um, that is definitely costs and the wallet are huge. I'm not going to deny that. Sometimes, though, you have to weigh that out with the consistency of staying at one pharmacy. Maybe one excursion away is fine, but I can't emphasize enough enough the importance of sticking and staying with one pharmacy, building a relationship with that team, building a relationship with that pharmacist, having, whether it's your child's profile or your profile, pretty much 100% full that they can see everything in front of them. Um, that's for safety so that you can right. tell the pharmacist can tell interactions. And because we, you know, I've worked at where I've had brand new patients for a one-off coupon and, you know, I, we don't know the patient. It, and sometimes, you know, to be honest, those, those coupon incentive days would just just so you know, those days get those weeks get so much busier at pharmacies that right. wait times could be a long time. So that's just another practical thing there. But the, I can't tell you the value of sticking with one pharmacy for consistency and relationship building because it's going to behoove your family better for safety when you're looking at a full profile for potential side effects and interactions. But to build a relationship with your pharmacist, a pharmacist that knows you, a pharmacist that knows yes. your child, who will go, the, when you have that relationship, they will go the extra mile for you in pinches. They will do extra work for you when needed. I've got a friend who just built, who's built a 20-year relationship with their pharmacist. In fact, yes. and um, just said, you know, she would help, the pharmacist team would help her write letters advocating that the medication be covered to her insurance company. They would walk the medication directly out to her car when her son was ill. Wow. And, you know... I can't tell you the the price the pricelessness of staying consistent with one pharmacy as much as possible. Yes. Well, when Christina was 
2007, Christina had a seizure disorder, and she woke up. Well, we woke up. She was having a seizure. We spent three days in the hospital. And the pharmacist really was a lifesaver because um, after three days in the hospital, um, you know, she saw the pediatrician, the oh, pulmonologist, the cardiologist. Um, we also did a whole, and the neurologist, of course. And um, we got back home and she had an antibiotic. So even though we had trileptal uh, medicine that she was supposed to take internally, a medicine that she was supposed to take by mouth, it wasn't staying in. So this was supposed to prevent the seizures. So the antibodies caused nausea and diarrhea. So she went for about, I was using diastat every other day because she was having seizures. And diastat is a, um, it is a, a suppository that arrests the seizures. Mm-hmm. But the challenge with that is um, they're very expensive. They're, I think at the time uh, it was about $500 or two, so two hundred fifty oh. a shot. Mm-hmm. It was huge expense, but it had been entered wrong in the computer. And I went to the pharmacist, and he said, "You, you, you, your prescription's out." Mm-hmm. And he did the research, and he called me up, and he said, "He said it was entered wrong or incorrectly. It was it was that you could only have so many within a three week period." And he fixed that. Mm. And then when Christina wasn't better because of antibiotics, I called the pediatrician's office twice. And in fairness, you know, um, I might not have been coherent at times, but um, they never suggested taking her off the antibiotic. Mm. And, of course, I'm afraid of losing her Mm -hmm. because of the situation. And it was a pharmacist that said, said, you know what, why don't we go ahead? Call your pediatrician, make sure, but let's get her off the antibiotic, get her healed. He suggested the ammonium AD mm-hmm. to get the, and she was okay. Yeah. But it was the pharmacist. And when I went by to pick it up, I had to drive off quickly because I was going to cry. Pharmacists will go. I'm, yes. So. I, I'm just, it's, I'm very proud of our profession. Yes. Um, sometimes in these days with just, it's gotten, just like corporate America, it's gotten to be, sometimes you see your pharmacist less, which is disappointing because there's so right. much volume of prescriptions yes. and the technician help is not there like it used to be. And so the pharmacists are kept behind the counter a little bit more. Right. But know that the pharmacist cares and know that the pharmacist will go to bat for you. If yes. you're a steady patient at that pharmacy, building relationship, asking to talk to the pharmacist, build a relationship don't be afraid to ask about the medication when it's new. Call the pharmacist over. Can you review this medication for me? What is it for? How do I take it? Let them know about your family a little bit. Right. These type of important steps for yourself as your family, taking medication to make your family healthy, but these important steps to build that relationship with a part of your medical team, your right. pharmacist and your technician. Technicians are amazing. I call them the backbone of the pharmacy. <laughs> um that team will come to bat for you when yes. in times of stressors like this, yes. um, and they're incredible stressors, okay. and that that team can come around you. I've seen such nurturing pharmacist teams, pharmacy teams come around patients through times of trials like this, through times of death, and yes. um, it's, uh, you know, that's pharmacy at its best there. Yes, it, it was. Um, example, recently, I had a medication. I mean, it wasn't life or death, but... I called to have it refilled, and he said, well, it's inactive. I'm like, so what do you mean it's inactive? And I think what it was is I wanted a certain brand. It was generic, but I wanted a certain one. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why they put it inactive, because they didn't have it. I, I'm not sure what happened. Right, right. But I'm like, well, can we make it active? And she said, yes, we can. Yeah, and, 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 and right. And know that there's processes sometimes behind that. Don't be afraid. Sometimes when a new prescription is put on hold, it will inactivate the other prescription so, uh, it, so they aren't two working at the same time. When you yes. hear that inactive word, don't panic. 
right. learn from the pharmacy team what the story is behind it and see if you can work through that. There's usually a logical explanation for it that could be worked through. Yes. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. Mm-hmm. I'm here with Sally De Palma. We're discussing tips with your family pharmacist. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour right here on AM 860, The Answer. reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I am here with Sally DePama. She is the Executive Director of the Special Needs Ministry, the One Roof Initiative, and she is also a pharmacist. And we are continuing our conversation about tips on dealing with your family pharmacist. So, Sally, what what are some more tips you can give us? Sure. Um, I think a good one to, to always have, and particularly it's tough at this time of year with January, we're getting our new insurance policies turned over, yes. new cards coming in. This is always a fun time for pharmacies because um, the, insurance, the insurance changes. But when you can, please carry your insurance card on you. Yes. Um, a lot of times um, patients do not have their insurance cards on them and they'll, you know, they think it's called something. They think it's called, they're not too sure if just when we're asked to call and pharmacists do, we do, right. but it could easily be 20 or more minutes on the phone. You, w- there's no special number. We call, we call a 1-800 number like any other one else. And we could, put I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no, um, there's no direct line. We wait as long as anyone else. And so, as I was telling you before about, you know, we have less technician help these days and there's, you're, you're being called, there's drive-throughs, there's fax prescriptions. All this is coming in when we're on the phone waiting that 20 minutes for your information, the counter stops, you know. And so, if right. you think of a couple of those calls throughout the day, it really backs, it, it adds to wait times, it backs things up. I can't, I'm not available to go counsel mm-hmm. patients. So, I can't tell you the value of either being armed with your information somehow, maybe you didn't right. get the card, but you have some basic information that can really expedite the situation, or right. just keep your insurance card with you. I don't think people realize how much that really backs up the process when you do not have your insurance card with you. Huge yes. time saver, huge, huge for the whole process, but huge for you as a patient to get you out as, as fast as possible. Right. And have your insurance pay for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yes. And um um, on the topic of cards and coverage and such, if you have a manufacturer's coupon, yes. um, bring that in at the time that you hand off the prescription, okay. not at pickup. Um, we'll do a pickup. Of course we will. But again, we might have to put you in line or such. It's going to add time. If we have that coupon on the front end, that again, we're just putting that right through with your prescription. And again, sometimes those coupons don't process properly and we have to get on the phone with those. And right. so that could add more time to your wait. And um, so, again, just tips to help expedite you out of the pharmacy. You've got right. better things to do than to hang around your pharmacy. Well, I have a question for you. I I was doing this. I had a, a file that I keep with me in my tote bag, mm-hmm. and in it I have a place for scripts. Okay. Where I have all the kids' scripts. Mm-hmm. So I was keeping them all in there, and then I thought, well, I'll just turn them all into the pharmacy. What do you recommend? I'd say turn them into the pharmacy. Okay. They're put on electronic hold. Okay. And um, but be aware that some of those um, prescriptions do have time limits on them. If they're controlled substances, they can only be held. They're they're only good from six months from the written date. 
just so you know. Um, so, you know, there have been times when people say, hey, can I have my, you know, Valium refilled? And But it's right. too late. It's expired. Okay. And or they'll have like, just 30 days left on it. I, I'd say it's probably... Give it to the pharmacy. They'll put it on electronic hold. It's always there to pull up so that if right. you didn't have or if you ran out of a refill, say on your blood pressure medication, hey, we've got we've got it on hold there. Yes. Again, this is a great way of a patient being proactive, which is excellent. Right. Well, that's what I've started doing. And one of my my children's doctors, um, he actually had a note up saying, do not call the pharmacy. You need to call us to get the script. Right. Yeah. So I guess for his practice, it's been a huge problem. Yeah. Some doctors do prefer that. You know, they just they want the pa- they want the patient to call directly often because they want the patient contact if they need to see the patient. Because right. sometimes it'll be where patients aren't going to their doctor. They'll just keep cycling through the pharmacy. And so there's uh, doctors out there who want to have that patient to patient contact when it's time for refills. Yes. Now, another situation that I ran into with Maria is the pharmacy stopped um leaving me messages and telling me oh. things because she had turned 18. So uh-huh. I had her guardianship papers and we did a guardianship show. So you can find that on the podcast on my website. But um, thank goodness I have my guardianship papers. So I gave yeah. them to all the doctors, but now the pharmacy has it. And it was so funny because then they started talking to me. And now Christina is going to be 18 in March. So I'm getting ready for them to stop talking to me if, oh. I, do, if I don't turn in my papers. Yeah, yeah. Be, get, get those papers up front with the pharmacy so that, you know, there's there be free dialogue with the parent. Absolutely. Yes. Or the, or the caretaker. Yes. Absolutely. Well, are there some other tips here? Yeah. Um, what um, things, things I want you to know is um, even though you, you might have multiple medications that could be refilled at once, try to avoid the, can you fill everything for me, please? And uh-huh. we get that a lot. Just fill everything. And we'll say, well, what do you want filled? Well, I don't know. You have it in front of you. And <laughs> then we fill, we've, as a young pharmacist, you find out you fill everything. And then the patient comes in and you're like, I'm not on that anymore. I don't need that. So get to know the names of your medication and why you use them and, and be prepared to tell your pharmacy team, I want my water pill. I want my hydrochlorothiazide. I want my seizure medication. I want, you know, be just, um, you know, because things change all the time and right. we don't know when you've been deleted off of a medication discontinued. So um, those blanket just fill everything can save right. time and effort again for the patient as well, because we're not backtracking on um, on um, some redoing medications and such like that. So um, but again, um, keep your medication in its original labeled vial. Yes. And just so you know, you can ask your pharmacy any time to for an empty vial with a label on it. If you oh. happen to have your medication in two sp- spots. Right. Maybe you keep it at work. Maybe you keep it at home. Maybe your child is going to camp. This is huge. Because yes. um, then I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment because I, I do do camping with um, kids with special needs. You can go to your pharmacy and say, may I have a labeled vial for my hydrochlorothiazide for my Dilantin? Right. You can do that because um, especially when I'm talking about the camp situation, we'll have medications sent with the kiddos and they're in you know, plastic bags, they're with handwritten unit dose, you know, the unit dose, as long as the unit dose, if it's unit dose is fine, as long as there's some labeling on there. But, um, you know, sometimes it's not, we'll use the med, the flipped med um, reminders, the plastic ones. But if we just open up like a Monday, the Monday morning pack, and there's a yellow tablet and a clear gel and a white oblong tablet. It's scary. it, It is. And so just know that if you're asked when you're sending your child away to any event where medication is going to be dispensed, you can get that labeled vial from your pharmacy. It's not a problem. Okay, that's good to know. Well, I know when we were traveling with the girls, to, we took them on an air flight for the first time. Yeah. And I made sure I had my scripts and everything. Yeah. Or 
showing that it was official medication. Yes. You can photocopy your prescriptions. You can ask for a copy of the hard copy from your pharmacy as well. They okay. can photocopy it for you. So that's for, for situations such as that. Yes. So, yeah. Now, are there any other tips that you have? Um, those are some of the big ones, but we can also talk about cost saving tips as well. Oh, because that's, that's huge. Yeah, yes. that, that is huge. And, and I understand. And, you know, um, it, it's, it's a reality these days. I don't have a good answer. I know why are prescriptions so expensive? There's a lot of factors why prescriptions are yes. expensive. It's it is what it is. And that's not the topic I'm going to go into right now. But um, I, I, I feel it myself. I have a parent. I've gotten the three hundred dollar copays where there was no way out of it just yes. because that was the medication that was needed. Um, but what are some what are some um, things you can have in your toolkit to make sure that you're getting the best price possible? Right. Um, especially with generic medications, pharmacies now have formularies where the $4 formularies, they'll have a list of generic medications right. that they'll have at like 30 days will be $4. Um, you could probably get a hard copy of this list from this, from the pharmacy or else it's online. And some stores, um, pharmacies offer free antibiotics depending on what the antibiotic is. Yes. Um, when you're given a prescription and you find out that cost, you get that sticker shock, um, ask, is it available in generic or can I, ha- is there an alternative to this? You know, don't be afraid to um, ask the pharmacist, I know what was prescribed, but is there a, is there an alternative I can think of that you can think of? And then go back to the doctor. Oh. Doctors are always willing to work with patients to look for a less expensive alternative. That's a great idea. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Well, I know with one doctor, he gave me, um, I think it was a, 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 it's a long time ago, but I think it was a, one tablet where Christina could take one tablet and said two tablets for seizures. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it was time release. And I thought that was going to be so much less money. It was such a huge price difference. Yeah, it can be. Some of those special formulations are much more expensive. But again, don't be afraid to call your doctor. Ask maybe a different dosage form of the medication might be less expensive. Maybe there's an over-the-counter option for some medications. And also, let's talk about maybe for this medication, can you double a lower strength? Can you half a stronger strength? These are options. Wow. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Oh, that's great advice. (laughs) I know. Thank goodness I have a health savings account. And in case you don't know what that is, is you're putting money aside from every paycheck. With, it's not being taxed. But even though I have a health savings account, even if you don't have access to that, just putting that money away because mm-hmm. I have such huge pharmacy bills, yeah. it makes life easier. It does. A lot easier. We do as well, yes. Yeah. There's no way of, of coping with the amount, not knowing that it's just already there and it that money's not a part of my life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You need There's to set aside. Yeah. Well, when, hey, you, when you can. Yes. Let's take a break. This is Julie Ames on AM 860. I'm here with T- Sally De Palma, and we'll be back in a moment to continue tips on dealing with your family pharmacist. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Sally De Palma, the Executive Director of the Special Needs Ministry, the One Roof Initiative. She is also a pharmacist, and today we are discussing working with your family pharmacist. Now, as we know, all pharmacist type, um, well, all pharmacy begins with your doctor. Mm-hmm. 
So what tips would you have in dealing with your doctor? Right. So we're talking about, as, as us pharmacists being part of that continuum, we're yes. talking about the prescription. So you're at the doctor's office and you get that prescription. The doctors determine something about you need a, a medication for something. They scratch off on a pad. They hand you that prescription. Yes. Now, a lot of times we may feel intimidated to talk to the doctor. They're busy, you know, and such. But take that time. Take that 60 to 90 seconds, which could be so important, advocate for yourself, get to know what you're on and why you're on it. That is priceless. So what you're going to do when you get that prescription is ask the doctor, what is this prescription for? Because you might have been talking about multiple things. Yes. What is this prescription for? Well, that's so important because when you get the handout from the pharmacy, it gives you a whole list of what it's for. And that, and those could be intimidating. So yes. and then, so I think the first step along this line is ask the doctor so that when you read that, get that sheet from the pharmacy that is loaded with information. Yes. That war and peace document you get um, <laughs> that, um, you know, it can it can make sense of what you've been told. It's right. OK to to what I say, figurative stick in the hamster wheel of just being everyone's busy and get to out of the appointment or, you know, we've got to move on ourselves. Right. The doctor's got to move on. Take this valuable minute or two to ask the doctor, what's this prescription for? Why do I need this? How is this going to affect me? And then how much do I take? How often? How long? What effects will I see? When will I know this will be effective? And will I need a repeat prescription? Ask some basic foundational questions. At least have a foundational work um, mindset of what you're taking and why. And, you know, again, be an informed patient. And as you're going to the pharmacy, you're getting that that prescription filled for the first time. Don't be afraid to then ask for a consultation. May I speak to the pharmacist, please? We see that paper clipped on with the receipt all the time that, you know, I was making a joke about war and peace, but, you know, the information sheet, that is a lot of information. Yes. And, but you know what? Nothing beats, and I'm always about human to human contact. Right. You know, we're getting away from it with pushing people to websites and pushing people to mail order pharmacy, which I know there's, you know, good financial, sometimes those financial incentives can't right. be beat. But you know what? It, again, it's taking the human element out of it. And nothing right. is going to beat asking that pharmacist to come down, take the vial out of the bag, open it up, show me the tablet. What is this for? Again, ask those questions again. Um, just a few questions can be uh, just a huge um, help in you yes. having the benefit of the medication. Yes. And that's so important. I can remember being in the hospital and the nurse giving me painkiller for after I had Anna. She, she gave me Percocet. And then she tells me, oh, you can't get up by yourself. Right. <laughs> like, wait, I just had a baby and I can't get up. By my- Why didn't you tell me that before I took it? I know. Sometimes so. some of those, those reality side effects, too. And another point before you leave the doctor's office and you're asking about yes. that prescription, you're looking at that prescription, some simple things that could really be a time saver. Make sure your name is on the prescription. Make sure your the date is on the prescription. The doctor has signed it. Wow. And just, you know, if you know it's a controlled substance, maybe it's a pain medication, narcotic, is the doctor's DEA number on it. Name, date, signature, yes. DEA number. If those elements are missing off of the hard copy prescription, yes. when you bring that to the pharmacy, again, if we're lucky, it'll be a few minute phone call to the to the doctor's office. It, it, a lot of times we're telling patients to come back the next day. So, and so... Um, what is, is DEA? DEA number. DEA number is the Drug Enforcement Administration. Okay. And that has to be on every controlled substance prescription. And so if you know you're getting a controlled substance, um, sometimes those are your anxiety medications, your right. pain medications. Um, patients may be aware of that just those certain those little facts like that can ensure that your medication is going to get to deli- you delivered to you as soon as possible. Sometimes tracking down these doctors can be very hard within their own offices. They're busy. 
Uh, but also, if you're at a hospital, getting a hospital prescription, ask the doctor to print their name clearly on the face of the prescription because yes. hospital prescriptions do not have the doctor's name stamped on the face of the prescription at all. It'll just say, you know, XY General Hospital. Wow. And we've all made fun of doctor's handwriting. Well, most of us pharmacists can decipher the name of the medication because that's a common language we speak. We cannot decipher the doctor's name. And right. it, I, it is not uncommon every week for pharmacists to have to call the generic hospital numbers. This is patient so-and-so. I think they were on floor so-and-so. I don't know who the doctor is. Again, patients have had to wait overnight as we try to decipher who the doctor is. Get things as clear as possible on your prescriptions. Great, great. Well, did you want to summarize shortly? Sure, definitely. I know I've gone through literally a fire hose of information today, but just some highlights um, to um, help. What we've been trying to do is make sure your therapy is uninterrupted, um, make sure we decrease your frustration at the pharmacy counter, and hopefully save you some money as well as call your refills about five days in advance of them being out. Um, You don't want to run out. Maybe use a medication planner, those plastic um, cases. Be sure you know how many refills you have left on your prescription. If you have no refills left, please call your doctor about one week before you need that refilled. Um, If you're having a new prescription called into a pharmacy, you've never been to that pharmacy before, give them a call and let them know. They're going to take some information from you. It could really expedite the processing of that. Keep your insurance card with you. Again, big time saver when you have the information with you. Um, When possible, um, stay at one local pharmacy. The relationship building from that is priceless on so many levels for your care, your child's care. And um, and again, the relationship building um, helps with the, the pharmacy team being, being able to help you when you need it. Yes. And um, just um, get to, again, be your best advocate, as we keep saying here. Um, don't be afraid to ask for a consultation. Don't be afraid to call your pharmacy. When you see that when you open up that vial, you get home and you notice that it's the tablet's different, call it's okay. We want to make sure you're getting the safest and the accurate medication. But um, be your best advocate. And um, hopefully I've given you some tips today um, to um, be that. Yes. Well, I don't know about you, Sally, but I've seen my medical go- bills go way up over the last few years. Um, in the last six years, I started out with a 2000 deductible. Mm. Then I went to a 3000 deductible. Then I went to a 4000 deductible. Now I'm at a 5000 deductible where I have an 80% copay. After five thousand in the past, I would be done. Yeah. Now after five thousand, I'm at a twenty percent copay, and this has been with all the new healthcare initiatives. And um, before all this started, I was against it because what it seems happening in Australia, where a doctor actually anyone can look this up on the internet, but it was a and I found this back way back when it was two thousand eight. Doctor Moeller, he was denied citizen. In Australia, even though he had been invited there from Germany Mm -hmm. to come and practice medicine, he was the only physician in the town, but he was a nice citizen because of his Down syndrome child. Mm. So that was socialized medicine, and they were going to have to support him. So there's a real fear for me with the special needs community that if you have limited resources or uh, if you you have a medical system being sparsed out, Mm -hmm. then our children are the ones who are going to be left out. Mm, yeah, so that's, we, we've always got to be careful of the most vulnerable in our yes, population. Yes, yeah. but on to happier subjects, tell us a little bit what's going on with One Roof. 
and how we can contact you. Sure, absolutely. Um, I now lead a ministry, a special needs ministry called the One Roof Initiative here in um, the Tampa Bay region. We reach out to those um, living with disabilities or impacted by disabilities in their families through training and equipping our um, local churches. We do seminars and symposiums with churches, um, and we're looking to mobilize this engine called The Church to um, open their doors to Sundays to those living with disabilities, but also do Monday through Saturday practical things as well. Yes, I've been to some of your trainings, and they are awesome. If any individual or church would like to get in touch or find out more information about the One Roof Initiative, they can go to our website at theoneroof.com or check out our Facebook page at The One Roof Initiative. Thank you so much, Sally. I've been waiting to do this show for a long time. Thank Thank you for being here today. Join us next week. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1 for the Special Needs Family Hour, only on AM 860. The Answer. The Answer.